Taoiseach Michal Martin has said no ransom will be paid to this digital crime gang responsible for the attack which has crippled the Irish health system. It is expected to be well into next week before the HSE is actually able to restore its services. So for more on this I'm joined by Ronan Murphy who's founder and CEO of Smartech 247. Ronan good morning to you thanks for being with us. My pleasure. And um, Ronan, you've spent years uh, dealing with thousands of hacking incidents around the world. This one, as we know, it's been described as the most significant cybercrime attack in the state. What's your assessment of it? Yeah, it's extremely substantial, Susan. And I mean, if you consider we're in the midst of a global pandemic and it's attacking the, the health service, I mean, the timing couldn't be worse. Um, it's very significant. It's very disruptive. And I think the fallout from it is, is going to be quite profound, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as if we weren't already under pressure or struggling enough in terms of where we're at with the health service. Um, There is some more detail in the paper, Ronan, papers today, Ronan, about this Conti gang. Um, They seem to specialise in attacking hospitals and healthcare systems uh, in particular. And it is reported that they're based in Russia. What more do we know about them? Yeah, I mean, they've been around for a couple of years. They've had a lot of success in terms of how they attack various industries. Um, they're a little bit more sophisticated than your typical ransomware gang in so far as they put a bit more uh, effort into their targeting of their victims as opposed to just um, randomly trying to shoot fish in a barrel. So it's um, they're, they're quite a sophisticated and well-organised syndicate. The big question this weekend, Ronan, is um, to pay or not to pay. We know that a Bitcoin ransom has been demanded by this gang. Um, The HSE, the Taoiseach, they're saying no ransom will be paid. That is state policy here. But I suppose talk me through um, the decision making process here, the arguments for paying, the arguments for not paying. Okay. um, so I mean, I'm I'm, first and foremost, I'm an advocate that you do not pay. I mean, when you do pay, you're giving money to organised criminals and you're you're fueling their organisation to go on and commit further uh, hacks on organisations in other parts of the world. So, th- so that's my stance from the get-go. Um, but it is a com- very complex uh, conundrum that you find yourself in when you're a victim of this. And there's many moving parts that you have to consider. Um, if I were having this conversation with you a number of months ago, I would be saying to you that the typical um, precautionary steps you take to protect yourself is you have a backup of your data and if you they encrypt your data, you restore it. Unfortunately, the evolution of these gangs means that now they're not only um, encrypting your data, they're also what we say we term exfiltrating your data, meaning they're taking a copy of it. Um, and the challenge you have, right, and I, by the way, I'm not saying this is what has happened in the HSE. I'm just describing the, the, the challenges which organizations face. And it, this is what has just happened in North America with the Colonial Pipeline, mm. is that they take your data uh, and they encrypt your data. But if you don't pay, then they public make your data public. And the, the, the question you have to debate and decide on is, OK, we need to get our systems back up and running. And obviously, if everything is encrypted, there's a, t- a very... A protracted timeline to re-establish our systems and get them working and there's a cost associated with that and then secondly um, if they have large repositories of our data and they're going to dump that data publicly what's the expense and cost of that and there, there are two very important questions which have to be asked mm. again I'm, I'm an advocate that you don't pay but in you are starting to see unfortunately that a lot of organizations including the colonial pipeline in North America last week who did pay 
And in terms then, because we know this is, you know, um, I think, do they call it human driven or, you know, that it is actually somebody who's now kind of in, involved in, in, in orchestrating this as opposed Correct. to just, a, you know, a, a piece of uh, software or whatever that went into the system. Um, of course, we've no guarantee that if you do pay or in these incidents, if money is handed over, or Bitcoin is handed over, you know, if you're dealing with people who are willing to do this in the first place, you know, put this attack on a health system in the middle of a global pandemic, then you've absolutely no guarantee that you're going to get the data back anyway. You've no guarantee you're going to get the data back. Um, I would say they, um, I know this sounds um, <clears throat> a little bit crazy, but they have a reputation to uphold themselves. Um, and if you, if they don't give you the data back, if they don't give you the decryption keys then they're effectively putting themselves out of business because nobody will ever pay then. Um, so what I would say is that what you typically see, and again, I'm not endorsing paying them. This mm. is It's very important to make that point. But you do see that these guys are incredibly professional. They're incredibly professional in how they execute. They're scrupulous criminals, but they're very professional in how they execute and how they support the victims of their crime afterwards in terms of getting them decrypted. I, I, it, it, it's a very bizarre situation to be describing, but they do, in fact, have a reputation that they have to uphold. And again, importantly, if they don't give you the data back and if, if they don't provide you the adequate decryption capabilities, then nobody is ever going to pay them and they're, they're, they're dead man walking. And this is, so is a lucrative, that's why they do it. This is all about money. So I suppose they don't want to reduce their chances of, of you know, making more money in the future. Um, talk to me, Ronan, about, I suppose, the dilemma here in the sense that this isn't just any data. This is, you know, personal health data belonging to people, very sensitive um, in, in some instance. You know, if this d- data was to be published or put out there, I mean, I guess that that's what makes this such a dilemma. It's because of how sensitive this information is. Yeah, so so very importantly, um, there's no indication as of yet, or it has not been publicly disclosed as of yet, that any information has been taken. So it is very important that that, that that's made clear, right? Um, the problem the HSE find themselves in right now is that systems have been affected and systems have had to be taken down, and that has a knock-on effect in their ability to deliver services. Um, and their first conundrum is, you know, getting everything back up and running and getting systems operational and providing care. Um, it's a completely separate conversation if data has been exfiltrated. Um, that's the secondary part of this problem. And obviously, um, that will come out in, in time um, uh, once the forensics are complete and once the analysis is done, they'll know if they've actually had what what's termed as a data leak. Mm. Um, and, and then that's that that obviously is a different problem, whether you're in, in the health service or you're in financial or whatever industry. If you do lose your data to criminals, that that's always a much more complex problem where you have to consider the ramifications of that data being made available on, on, on public forums, you know. I've also heard this been described yesterday as a zero day threat, which my understanding of that is that, you know, it's a new variant of ransomware. Um, there's no precedent as such for it. So in other words, it couldn't have really been prevented. Um, that feels a bit hopeless in the sense that, you know, how do we defend ourselves from similar attacks in the future if this can just happen at any point? I, I'm sorry to say, but the terminology being used around this is simply wrong. It's incorrect. 
Um, it's not a zero day threat. That's just it's just simply wrong. Um, um, it's 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 ransomware. It's it's a form of ransomware uh, where the techniques and the approach has been seen before on many occasions. So so could it have um, been prevented then? Well, you know, anything is preventable. Um, it is a little bit more challenging for for uh, the health service, and the reason being is that they typically have a very distributed network architecture. They tend to have a lot of legacy systems like, you know, CAT scanning machines and machines that are difficult to protect. Um, but anything can be protected, right? And this is not a zero day. This is this is a ransomware attack. Um, I know that term has been bandied around, but it's, it's simply not correct. Um, it, yes, it could. The, the truth is that ransomware can be stopped and it is stopped, you know, millions of times every day all across the world um i think how they've executed their attack on the hse has been very sophisticated um and the hse is in a very difficult position um but yes it can be stopped um and i i it's what's important to see is that yesterday um or the day before yesterday with the president of the united states uh Biden issued an executive order to all government agencies across North America, um, w- instructing them to increase their investment in cybersecurity and the hardening of their defences to stop this type of thing happening. And that's on the back of this major pipeline being hit. So it's not just a problem for the HSE, it's a problem for every government in every corner of the globe. Um, but it's not a zero day. It is ransomware. It was sophisticated, but it can be stopped. Okay, well, that that's, is good that, to know. Um, Ronan, just finally, um we do know there's huge work going into this all weekend um, to sort of assess the impact and, and dig deeper into to what's going on. Um, what people really want to know at home, I guess, is is when our service could be restored. If you've got an appointment next week, people want to know when they might get back into the hospital. I know you can't answer that question for me, but I suppose what's your experience in terms of what kind of time frame this type of deep dive, like how long might it take? Um, I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take time. Um, now the, the good news is, is look, not all hospitals are hit, right? Does does lots of hospitals have to, have just what we term as kind of air gapped themselves? They've mm. disconnected from central systems, so those hospitals, I'm sure they've got an incident response plan to get their um, their intake services operational again. Um, I do feel though that the broader oper- functionality and operational. Um, uh, capacity of the HSE, it, it could take a number of weeks, I would say. Okay, a number of so weeks. So I think the, I think the disruption will be significant. Okay, Ronan Murphy, founder and CEO of Smart Tech Two Four Seven. Thank you so much uh, for your insight. 